When I first found out, when I was first offered the role and I found out about the cast, I was ecstatic because I was like, I'm an unknown quantity in this area. This is my professional debut. It's my Toby's debut. And I was like, I'm new to the scene, but they've surrounded me with like Janine Sunday, who's been doing this for 30 years oh, professionally. Yeah. DiCarlo Raspberry, who's who's a Helen Hayes winner, who's incredible. All these superstar seasoned performers, David James, Darren McDonald, all these fantastic performers. And of course, you've got a great creative team there. And I'm just, they showed me what it means to be a professional actor and really helped me lift my work early in the rehearsal process. And I'm very happy about that. It's Razzle Dazzle Radio, and today we're going to razzle dazzle them. We have superstars, Tommy Malik and Kyle Dalsimer, and they have done some amazing things in a short time, and I'm so excited, and I am just honored to be in their presence. So we're going to start right in. And Tommy has been in theater since 11 years old, and maybe in his former life as well, because it's just where he's meant to be. <laughs> and I watched him on stage as a young middle schooler, watched him grow, then watched him on stage at Slayton House with work with Silhouette Stages, watched him develop his craft, watched him also style wigs. And we'll talk about some of that piece of him as well. And now he's a director. Wow. And he has <laughs> a group called Heritage Players. And you can see his work because he is doing one of my favorite shows, Rent. So let's hear about all these wonderful things that you do, Tommy. So, Absolutely. Thank, right, you, so, thank you, Judy, for that lovely introduction. <laughs> oh, well-deserved, well-deserved. So let's roll back to how you got in theater at that ripe age of 11. That usually saves some kids from all yes. the of middle school, right? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah, so it was something I knew I was always interested in. And then, you know, my mom found me a class at a Drama Learning Center where so many of Howard County's best and brightest got their start, I feel like. I worked over there with Sherry Grew and Debbie Leonard, and they really helped me to establish what I, you know, just how to be on stage and how to present on stage. So I got my start there. And then, you know, as I moved through high school, did my high school shows, and I ended up at University of Maryland, Baltimore County, UMBC, in their fabulous theater program. It was not a musical theater program, so I really kind of got to focus on all the facets of acting in straight theater and also building up a really good understanding of technical theater as well. They pride themselves on well-rounded students. So I got a lot of opportunities there to work not only on the stage, but off the stage as well and develop my craft there. And I really loved my time there. Uh, they have a great team. I love UMBC too. I did my dance work there. So yeah, oh, you did. I didn't know I did that. It. I did dance That's education. So, okay. So those are pretty good beginnings for sure. Yeah. All right, so now take us into, well, what did you do in high school then? In high school for the shows I did in high school? <laughs> so I did Anything Goes. I played Billy Crocker in Anything Goes. I played Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast. You know, I had a, I had a lot of fun sort of exploring those fun character roles in high school. And yeah, I mean, it was a great time and it really sort of, you learn a lot 
I think when you get to that stage, what you're really learning about is the community of theater and how important it is to be a team, you know? And that's sort of where you get that foundational principle about theater, I think. And like you said, how theater can sort of change your life when you're that age. You don't always know exactly where you're headed, of course, but just to have something that you can sort of come back to and a community of people that you can surround yourself with is so important at such a formidable age. And that's why the arts are so imperative to young people. And I think that we really need to keep supporting them. You know, it's crazy when I hear about schools pulling arts programs and of any kind, of any kind, because, you know, art for the most part is a community activity in some capacity. Absolutely. Oh, I'm right there with you. You're preaching to the choir. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that one for sure. For sure. But I think that, yeah, and what you're describing is that safe community, that safe yeah. family. You know, the old saying about your family of choice and your family of origin. So theater sure. becomes that safe family that's so unconditional where our real families aren't always so much. So, right. yeah, there's so much more to it than that. Okay, so now you went to UNBC. So how'd you find your way then into, I believe it was Silhouette, or did you start with community theater elsewhere? Was that Yes, first? I did. You know, I worked a little bit in the community theater near where I lived, which was in Eldersburg. So I started actually with September Song, which is another group that I know Mo Dutterer had a lot to do with. So, yeah, I guess Mo Dutterer got me my start, I guess, because <laughs> I went. We got a lot of people there start. We keep going off of our show sometimes. So oh, my great. gosh. Yes, he's fantastic. So, yeah, so I started at uh, September Song, and then I moved pretty quickly into Silhouette Stages. I did a show with Howard County Summer Theater, you know, so I moved around in the local theater scene in the area. And, yeah, and then. From there, I've branched out a little bit to um, Baltimore City, into D.C. and Virginia area as well with certain companies there. Oh, wow. Okay. You definitely did. So when did you decide, hey, let's put on a show yes. <laughs> and become I Judy Garland? <laughs> <laughs> Mickey and Judy teaming yeah. up again, right? So I actually started directing. I started directing in high school, as a matter of fact, in with a small um, church group. And I kind of got my start, got my feet wet there as a student director. And then by the time I got to college, I was directing for the school's musical theater club, which was sort of like an after school type program, similar to like a high school theater program, but they it's a fully student run experience. So I uh, started to continue learning about it through that. And so that way, when I got out of college, you know, I felt like I had already sort of established like at least the basic principles of direction and working on a team like that. So I actually started my own company like literally I stepped off the graduation stage into rehearsal for our first show, which was a very exciting experience. That company was formerly called the Purple Light Theater Company in Baltimore, and it's now Baltimore Theater Collective. So definitely projects I'm very proud of, very close to my heart. And it really allowed us to do you know, passion projects and things that were very important to us. And it's so important as young people stepping out of a theater program I think to be able to 
be amongst like-minded individuals. You know, I obviously took all my friends with me on that journey and just to sort of create for the first time in that safe space, but out in the world, you know what I mean? For the first time. So that was a really cool experience. And yeah, so that's really how I went about getting into directing as well as technical theater in the realms of costume and wig design as well. Yep. Well, you are an all around theater person. So, you know, (laughs) I mean, I've always told students, you know, make sure you know every facet, make yourself marketable. So absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So now you've done all these wonderful things and bam, we get the shutdown. Whoa. So what to do, what to do. So then at what point had you started Heritage Players? So I didn't start Heritage Players. I'm currently sitting on the board of Heritage Players, which is a pretty new development. What happened with Heritage, Heritage actually was founded in 1975. So they've been around for quite some time. Okay. And they are a fantastic organization. I feel like they they aren't, you know, marketed enough and as how great they are. They're a charitable 501c3. Every single show they do, they give back to the community in some way. One of the main ways they do that is they allow the production team and cast to pick a charity of their choosing and they donate a portion of the proceeds to that charity. So they're- oh, I love that. Yes, they're a fantastic organization. And so- I have some charities to talk to them about, but go ahead. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. They're always looking for new ways to get community outreach, of course. Yeah, so I got involved with Heritage actually back in 2014. That was one of the companies that I was in a show with. I I played Bobby and you're in town there. And they, during the pandemic, were sort of at a standstill because they had no access to their own space. They were originally performing out of Spring Grove Hospital Center in Catonsville. But since it was a hospital, they weren't allowed to come back at all, really. They were pretty much locked out of the building. So they were sort of at a standstill. My very dear friend and collaborator, Rachel Sandler, who music directs all of my shows, we came together and said, well, look, we're not doing anything. We don't know when anything's going to be back up and running. So let's try to get something going. Let's see if we can make something virtual work for them. And if it flops, it flops. You know, it's a virtual production. There are thousands of them by this point. This was really, I mean, this was the end of 2020 into the beginning of 2021. So by that point, we had already seen so many virtual productions, right? So we said we want to do it a little differently. So we found a way for everyone to record from home. And then we sort of pieced it together like a film. So it was a really fulfilling project and one we were so passionate about. And it was just fun to get together and make something that was completely different and new from anything anyone had done in the community as of yet. And just feel like we were sort of putting it together as we went. So there was sort of this feeling of like, we're just figuring it out together and it doesn't matter really how it turns out. We know it's the first time. It frees you a lot. (laughs) It really does. It really does. And it was such a fabulous product. We were really proud of what, what it became, so. Yep, that's amazing, you know. Well, let's save our promo for rent and let's talk to Kyle a little bit and we'll come back and talk about that because I'm really excited to hear the details of that. And it's got a pretty long run, so we should be able to, a lot of people should get there and and we'll talk about that. I hope so. (laughs) All right. Absolutely. I'm going to spread the word. We're going to send it out. 
So Kyle, I had the pleasure of seeing you on Friday night as SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay, a new yeah. resume item for sure. So a quick backstory is that, of course, like everyone, I'm a huge fan of Toby's. Known Toby since the 70s, go way back. We don't want to go any further than that. And <laughs> of course, promote anything that happens there. So when I first heard of the show, I was a little bit puzzled just about you know, what kind of show it would be and was it a kid's show, what it was. But I can say that I was totally entertained and a little transformed by the end of the evening. It was so creative. And on top of all the talent that you always see at Toby's, great choreography, amazing costumes, but the sets and costumes, most of them were from recyclable materials. I mean, Tommy, you will appreciate the costumery in this show like you can't believe. Absolutely. It's absolutely. I've seen some pictures. They look absolutely fabulous. Oh, even to the little artifacts on shelves around the theater. And actually, Mark shared that they snuck in little pieces from other shows. So you have Easter little eggs for you. Yeah, absolutely. I liked the red boots from Kinky Boots, but I'm not going to say anything more. All right. <laughs> so anyway, enough of that. Kyle, it's so exciting to have you tell us about your journey in theater, which you shared just a little bit. So tell me, how did you plunge into the arts? Yeah. So I always liked the idea of performing. I would, as a little kid, stand in front of the TV on commercials between American Idol and do my audition for American Idol. Yeah, <laughs> we all did. Yeah. With the but, spoon as a like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. With like the dance drops and everything. I was so ready. But I didn't initially think that this was the route that I was going to take. I did a little bit of like, I did a middle school show or two, but I planned on playing football in college. I played football for a few years. I was pretty good. And I was planning on playing football, getting a business degree, and then getting a job in the front office of an NFL team. My, my dream was to be the general manager of a professional football team and make all the signings, the trades, do the drafting, all that stuff. But I had a concussion, a pretty bad concussion right before my sophomore year of high school during training camp for football. And I woke up after being asleep for like a day, maybe. And I woke up and I was like, I looked at my mom who was there and I was like, mom, I want to be an actor. <laughs> and so that sort of started the journey down the rabbit hole. I took my first real voice lesson when I was 17. I decided I wanted to major in musical theater. And so I started researching that. I'm the type of person where when I decide I want to do something, I need to know everything about it. and I need to research and be aware. So I made a spreadsheet of 150 schools with a musical theater degree and then whittled it down to my list of 20 to 25 that I was in eventually going to audition for. I ended up going to school at Ryder University for musical theater in New Jersey. It wasn't the right fit for me. So I, I transferred to Penn State's musical theater program, which was fantastic. But of course, the pandemic at that point was raging and there was just so much going on and so much hurt and damage in the world that I ended up leaving school for a year to work on a political campaign. My mom decided to run for office. And so I, I decided to join her and work for her for the year. Politics is a form of theater, certainly so. <laughs> <laughs> it is, that is so true. It's so true. It's a little bit terrifying. But yeah, so I, I, I did that and I, I came back here to the DMV area for the first time in a while. And it's what gave me the opportunity to audition at Toby's. I saw the open call in August for the show and I, I went in, I had a call back and I had a 
work session that I sort of kept in contact with the director over the next couple months while they were doing things. And I eventually got called back in, did some more rounds of auditions, and eventually was offered the role to play SpongeBob. And I couldn't be happier. It's been the role of a lifetime. I've really enjoyed it. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, that is no small feat to get into Toby's at all as a new person. And Tommy can attest to this too, knowing, yeah. So to be able to do that, like I say, it's great. So once you're in, that's fantastic. But to be in the midst of all the seasoned actors and actresses at Toby's is just wonderful too. And so you're already Mm -hmm. going into a family. When I first found out, when I was first offered the role and I found out about the cast, I was ecstatic because I was like, I'm an unknown quantity in this area. This is my professional debut. It's my Toby's debut. And I was like, I'm new to the scene, but they've surrounded me with like Janine Sunday, who's been doing this for 30 years oh, professionally. Yeah. DiCarlo Raspberry, who's who's a Helen Hayes winner, who's incredible. All these superstar seasoned performers, David James, Darren McDonald, all these fantastic performers and of course you've got a great creative team there and I'm just they showed me what it means to be a professional actor and really helped me lift my work early in the rehearsal process and I'm very happy about that. Well I can tell you that dynamics is everything certainly and there was just a beautiful blend of all the characters for sure and your energy is amazing. And you couldn't possibly do that role without that level of energy. So do you even sleep at all after you get home at night? See, that's the problem. Yes. It takes me a while. Well, it's about a 45 to an hour drive each way every day. So I I get the time to sort of de-stress afterwards and just uh, relax, listen to a book or some music or something. And then I I have a meal and I I get to sleep around one or two in the morning most, (laughs) most days. Yep. I can only imagine. Oh my gosh. So how much longer do we have to see SpongeBob? Because we only have a little while left, right? Yeah. How long does it run? SpongeBob (laughs) runs until July 31st. Okay. And we've got shows throughout most of the week, either Tuesday or Wednesday through Sunday, depending on the week. And the next three weeks, we've got two show days on Saturday and Sunday. So we've got a matinee and a night show, both Saturday and Sunday for the closing three weekends. Wow. Um, yeah. That's, so that's that's uh, a lot. Sunday nights must be wow. <laughs> oh, it's lot. great. I love the two show day with this because you you get there super early, you do the show. So I I clocked that I actually over the run of the show, just between running around and sweating and like water weight and everything, from the top of the show to the end of the show, I lose five pounds. Wow. Um, just in, in water weight, um, from, from on two show days, I finished the show and I'm like, I've got to go eat something. I've got to (laughs) go. And so I just have to, I'm doing this role. I'm just, I'm constantly eating. Uh, Should just we caution to, the audience, don't try this at home? Do not try this at home. <laughs> For the uh, weight loss. <laughs> do, not, do not play SpongeBob without a licensed health, uh, health professional <laughs> in your corner. But it's a really fun time. And I'm so glad that I, I get to do this role. I get to make people smile every single night. And that's I think that's what this is all about, being an artist. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I just love your hyper focus. And I mean, and that's the thing about the arts that we talk about all the time is that's what saves us because we've got that hyper focus towards the production and towards, you know, and just the pure joy of entertaining 
and the love of your audience comes across and that's big kadoos to you as an actor, Kyle. It really, really is. Let's talk for a quick second and let everybody know some of the creativity involved in this show too. So you wanna talk about that for, uh, about the costumes and some of the recyclables that go into the sets? Oh, it's really brilliant. (laughs) The first day that we had the set come in, because Toby's is very on a quick schedule. So a show will close and then they'll tear the entire set down and build the new one in one day. Another opening, another show for sure. (laughs) Exactly. So I came in that Tuesday afternoon and I was blown away. The set design by Shane Lowry, who also plays Larry the Lobster, and he's fantastic in that role. His idea was this idea of what is at the bottom of our ocean right now? You know, what do we have there? Yes, we've got this undersea life. We've got all these people and these creatures, but there's also, you know, there's trash. There's forgotten memories that have sunk to the bottom of the sea. And he's built this world out of these, basically this like pollution at the bottom of our sea with all of these like plastic cups and and he's built like sea anemones out of like red solo cups and like little foam things and it's it's really very noodles. cool i love the noodles. use of noodles <laughs> foam noodles absolutely and then you've got just the incredible costume design and that's janine sunday who also plays sandy as well as she's got a team who who worked on that and it was it's very cool because each costume is you've obviously got the characters of spongebob and i think people worry when they hear the idea of a SpongeBob musical that everyone's going to come out and it's going to be like a Times Square costume with like a big hat over the head. And it's like, Hey right. everybody, it's SpongeBob. Like, no. And it's, and that's not what it is because she took the idea of these characters as well as the idea of like fish in the ocean and thought, how can we make these into like people, like yep. people and the human embodiment of it. So, you know, Mr. Krabs has boxing gloves on his hands to represent yep. the claws. I'm not a square but I've got yellow plaid for my shirt and my tie and my pants and everything like that. We've got one member of our cast is a, is a clownfish, and he's got a little, he's got a little clown Afro on his head, which I, I always get a good chuckle every time I glance at him on stage, but it's just really very clever. And I, I have truly the absolute highest respect and major props to them for their amazing work on the design. I couldn't agree more. Like I said, I was just really transcended by all of it. It was really fun. So yes, you have till July 31st, get out and see it. Always support everything at Toby's. It is our dinner theater of Columbia. They told Toby it couldn't be done years ago. How are you going to do musical in a round? And dang on, she proved them wrong. So anyway, please support it. Kyle, I just adore you. I love you on stage and I love you off. Keep doing what you're doing. You're fabulous. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So Tommy, let's go back to find it out how we can see this fabulous production of Rent. Yes. So we actually only run through the 24th. So it's only it's a two week affair, eight performances. And the first two and maybe the first Sundays are already sold out. So you'll definitely want to get news. It is great news. It's great news. I love the staging. It's very intimate. So it's not as many seats. And that's why it's selling out pretty quick. So we are running at the Chesapeake Arts Center in Brooklyn Park, Maryland. You can go over to heritageplayers.com to get tickets. I think by the time this show is out, I think the first weekend will have already run, but the second weekend should still be up for grabs. So yeah, head over to heritageplayers.com and you can get tickets there. 
Okay, so to make clear, so the play is running at the Chesapeake Arts Center. Is that what you said? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Oh, okay. That's, I that's... thought it was at Spring Grove facility, so you're not running. Oh, no, so they're actually, yeah, yeah Spring, Spring I Grove. I was headed there on Friday night, so good thing we clarified I'm this. glad we did. Yeah, Spring Grove is actually, we, UMBC just bought Spring Grove, so uh, Heritage Players is no longer housed there. <laughs> so we're Yes, yeah, they've had a full venue shift over to Chesapeake Art Center, which is a great space and a fabulous art center in Anne Arundel County. So, but right outside of Caton's, I mean, like it's, yes. it's right down 695. So very close by fabulous venue. And we're really excited about that. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. I plan to see, uh, plan to see it. Now I'll go to the right place. Thank yes. goodness I did this show today. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, okay. I always like to ask our guests, what is your dream show to either direct or be in? You choose. So I'm going to go first because I just saw my dream show at Dundalk Community College, and that was a chorus line. Yes. I have loved that show. So I've seen it at least 24 times is what I've counted. I've done countless choreography on and dumbed some of it down for kids or whatever. Unfortunately, I even aged out for the part that I wanted, which was Sheila, when she says, can the adults smoke? But, you know, that's the way it goes. But anyway, I think the theme of a chorus line shall always be timeless for anybody in the arts, you know, and I just adore it. So for what's sure. your dream show, Tommy? So my dream show, that's a great question. I've been very fortunate to play a lot of roles that I've really wanted okay. to play, and I want to revisit some as well. I definitely would love to revisit MC and Cabaret and The Baker and Into the Woods. Those to me are also shows that carry a lot of timeless themes in them, honestly. And unfortunately, so for Cabaret <laughs> and Into the Woods, you know, I come back to that show every couple of years and I take something completely new from it. It's uh, really quite a transformative piece, I think, and it's really beautiful. I mean, I, I'm always so inspired by that production. And I think my dream show I haven't done, one that pops into my head is Alban and uh, La Cage au Fall. Oh, I definitely would nice. love to do that role, but that... Yeah, that's definitely like a 40 plus role. So I've got a little bit of time, I think. Oh, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> oh, just a little bit. I'm not saying <laughs> it'll be like in a couple years, in a couple years. Well, to quote another line from a show, you're timeless to me. So oh, you okay. <laughs> that's great. What about you, Kyle? So that's a tough one for me because I've, I've got so many. <laughs> I've got, I want everything <laughs> i've got so many projects i want to do um i think playing jonathan larson in tick tick boom is is an honor that i would like to take on sometime jd and heathers is another one that i'd like to do but the one that is my dream show and my dream role that i i really would like to do and i'm hoping that i get the opportunity to i really want the chance to play evan hansen in dear evan hansen oh my gosh well, whisper in Mark Minnick's ear at Toby's. That would be so wonderful. Wherever, I know, I want you to do that as well. <laughs> I want that for you as well. Get thee to New York. Get thee to New York. <laughs> I'm on my way. I move yes. in August. Yep. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. Yep. You're on your way. Yes. Say it again. I'm on my way to New York. I move at the end of August. I'm finishing oh, you my- really do. Yeah. Oh, that's Okay. Yeah, yeah so well, I'm finishing my studies up in New York. I'm finishing my degree at Columbia, and then I'll be auditioning in 
working on projects, hopefully. Kyle, you're living the dream. That is you fabulous. Are living the dream at the perfect time in your life to live that dream. Yes. I absolutely love it. This has just been the best time. I'm just going to be happy the rest of the day from being in the energy of both of you. And Tommy, just keep creating, just keep on moving and grooving. And yeah, again, I love that I've watched you since 11 grow in all the different capacities in the arts yeah. as you have. You're a, you are a super creative. So keep that rolling. And just yeah. having met you, Kyle, I think we all know that you are destined for a great thing so yes we'll look for you on broadway sometime no pressure but get Thank moving you. <laughs> so as always we always learn that when the arts are in your life it can save you so find a great show to see two of them today we heard about our rent and spongebob squarepants who knew so until next time this is razzle dazzle radio it's judy templeton we missed you carolyn she's in italy but she'll be back and bye-bye connect with us we are dragon digital radio